Welcome to I'll Watch That Movie with Tammy and Dan. Movies mainly from the 80s, some from the 90s, and then we'll go from there. I'm Dan. And I'm Tammy. And today, Tammy, back again. Special request is Claire. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) And even specialer, we have Jason and Sarah Trost. Thank you so much for uh, coming on to the podcast today. We really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks Uh, for having us. Talking to us. So um, we've all seen... Wet and Reckless, and we absolutely loved it. Yes. Um, all of us gave it a 10 out of 10. Uh, <laughs> which is uh, like... That's yeah. good. The three people in the world who saw it right here. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, all of us here Sarah, on the podcast. <laughs> I think Sarah saw the whole movie until recently, because no. every time we'd watch it, we'd kind of get too drunk to make yeah, it the no, last I haven't, half. I haven't seen, even though I've seen most of the movie, I still haven't seen the entire movie until, a couple, I don't know, a couple months ago. So <laughs> nice. And did you like it? Oh yeah, no, it's super fun. The thing is, it's a little bit too much fun. So we have like parties and people come over and like we just like drink. And well, hang everyone's out like, and, like, yeah, we have to hit the three drink minimum, and the three turns into like ten real fast. Yeah, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, I guess I just watched the whole movie, and now I'm in a pool jumping off of a cliff for some reason. I don't know what's going. <laughs> <laughs> Get them going. He time traveled. Um, I have a friend at the moment who's begging me, saying, he just keeps messaging me saying, when are we going to have like a movie party around your house so I can watch Wet and Reckless? <laughs> because I introduced him to the FP and now he really wants to watch Wet and Reckless as well. And I'm like, yes, yes, I'll organize it soon. Soon, I promise. I would recommend having like, you need to have at least like half a dozen people. So if you have like yeah. six people and if everybody's sort of on the same level of like hanging out and drinking... Oh, man. Also, make sure to lock the doors from the inside, not to lock everyone else out, but to lock you in. <laughs> well, I don't drink, so I <laughs> But I, I said during our review that I'm now worried that if I tell people I don't drink, people are going to throw my stuff out of the window, so... <laughs> Probably better, because you'll see the movie and enjoy it a little bit differently. <laughs> so, what was on uh, Turbo's head... <laughs> In the talking head portion of uh, Wet and Reckless. Oh, what was that? That was. It looked like a diaper with fur. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it, um, it was like a. It was like a monkey hat or something. It was one of those. You know those like a uh, like those knit hats. I think Dollars was wearing it at the beginning. In one of the beginning scenes, he was wearing it when he was like packing his stuff, getting ready to go. Well, she wore that, but then there were scenes where she wore like this white thing that kind of looked. Yeah, like in the talking but head. Then it looked like there was Jeez. fur sticking out. It was creepy yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's that hat but i just okay. i took the little the little wings like the little ear wing things that hang yeah. down and i tied it up on top of her head so it was like a almost like a sherpa hat like sort of oh like like, like <laughs> hats that have flaps that hang down so i just took the flaps and and tied them up i'm pretty sure that's what it was <laughs> that's nuts. we were fascinated by that hat <laughs> So it's sort of a, like a monkey hat that's inside out. I love that hat's the thing you guys landed on. Yeah, that is. <laughs> first thing, the first thing. We well, had to get that was... question out of the way because <laughs> we were fascinated by that. That was just one of the things we were really like, what the hell is that thing? <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Uh, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it was just a hat that was on dollars when he's like on the phone packing his stuff um, that I just tied up and put on her. So... Ta-da. Do you do that a lot when you're um, creating things, especially when you have, like, obviously, like, a lower budget? Do you just have to, like, keep on reusing things as much as oh, you can? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, um, it's sort of reusing and recycling and remaking. And, like, if we had purchased things that we only saw maybe once, we could then, I don't know, cut it up and put it back together. I mean, it, it does happen a lot. Mm-hmm. 
So, Jason, when, as we're talking about budgets, like you uh, hear about low budget films and a low budget film is like a hundred thousand dollars. It's like, how did you make that film or even like a million dollars? But you make films on twenty thousand dollars. And it's a lot of pain. It's so crazy to me that like you see it and the production value even looks bigger than some films that have like a far bigger budget. How how do you make that happen? Do you are you just like the budget master? I mean, I don't know. About that. <laughs> I, just, uh, I just don't want to look like a total piece of shit. So that's just always been a thing for me. Just because I mean, like my brother's a DP or our brother, I suppose. He's huh. both of us. I mean, he's a DP, so it's like I used to grow up working with him, and so I was like, oh, it is cool if things don't look like shit. How do you do that? And then our, you know, one of a good friend of mine, who Tyler Robinson, is a production designer, and like I just grew up with, and my dad's always been a special effects guy, and it's like, you know, you grow up in this world where it's all about making things look cooler, and it's like the art of actually making a movie look cool as opposed to just like throwing talking heads in a white room, and uh, it's really hard for me to not want to do that. But I mean, with this movie and all these movies, especially, it's like it's not like, oh, we have a hundred grand. What are we gonna do? No, that's nothing. It's like, oh, that's ten grand. Okay, we have to actually look at the spreadsheet. And we're counting like pennies on this because plane flights cost so much for four people to the totally opposite part of the planet. Then we have to feed everybody and house them over there. Where does that leave us for spending money on anything? And it gets, it gets really tricky, and you have to do things like eBay things and like you know sell things that you bought at the beginning of the movie to continue <laughs> shooting the rest of it, and it's. It's just a lot of checks and balances, and a lot, it's a lot more math than I thought I would ever have to do when I first started making movies. I probably would have paid attention more in math had I know how mathematical this stuff gets. Well, a lot more um, <laughs> things to have as a production coordinator too, where you, you know, you have to, you have to research the flights and the hotels, and you have to, you have to get everything together, and you have to plan everything. And if something's messed up, then you, you're in trouble. So you have to do all that stuff too. Yeah, booking a whole trip to Thailand from America was always fun. Like yeah. reserving all the hotels, the dates, like making the schedule, making sure the dates line up with all of that and everything was. It was uh, definitely trying, and then being like, "God, I hope when we get there, that reservation's there." Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally yeah. different country where they don't speak our language. And when you work with actors like um, Lucas Hill and Scout, who are obviously, you know, sometimes maybe they're used to more of like a, a bigger budget. Um, is that hard to work with actors knowing that, okay, we have like zero budget and you're going to have to share a room and things like that? Or is everyone like totally on board? Would be if they were, if those two actors were divas, which a lot of people at their level or even below their level can be, mm-hmm. then it would be a nightmare. The only reason this movie can happen was because the both of them were totally awesome. It's like the fact that like, you know, I could have let them sleep on a rug and be like, oh, cool, making a movie. Sweet. All right. Good night. And like that'd be fine. Like if they if they wouldn't be down with that, this movie never would have happened. It's not it's not like a thing like how did we appease them? Did we get them a suite and that's where all the money went to? It's like no, they were like sleeping on the carpet with us. Yeah, but they're also the thing is they're yeah, they're actors but they're they're buddies too. It's like you're you're hanging out with people that you've hung out with before and it's like Jason and Lucas have been best friends for a long time, so mm-hmm. it's not it's not like you just plucked an actor sort of out of the blue. Yeah, no, you can't Because do that. that would not have worked. <laughs> that would be a nightmare. So that would have been a little crazy. Yeah, and the same thing. It's like when I did All Superheroes Must Die with James Remar. Everyone's like, whoa, how'd you get him? They're like, where's the budget? It's like, I've known him since I was 10 years old. Like, yeah. I hang out yeah. with that guy all the time. It's like, he's like a second dad to me. Like, I just yeah. went and had dinner with him last night. We sat there and just talked shit about miscellaneous stuff all night. <laughs> it's like, how'd I get him? I just said, come by for the afternoon. Yeah. And how do you know um, Sean Whalen? He's been in all um, three of your release films. Oh, yeah. Sean. I, I, again, I just actually went and saw World's End with Sean last night. We went and had a couple <laughs> drinks. And um, yeah, it's like Sean is a great buddy. We hang out all the time. Like I met him on the same movie I met Lucas, which was this really shitty uh, horror movie called Laid to Rest. 
that we did out in Maryland. It was like, uh, what, five or six years ago now? Yeah, five. It was right before the FBI. Long story like short, Sarah asked FBI. me, do you want to be my costume assistant in this movie? I'm like, I don't really know how to do that. Well, you want 100 bucks a day? Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like 20, about to be 21 or whatever. I think it was, I just turned 21. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Went out there, and uh, Sean Whalen was working on the movie, and I was like, holy shit, it's that guy from the Got Milk commercial. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the dude from People Under the Stairs. And, 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 and like Aaron Burr, I remember meeting him the first night, like, because like, we were working six-day weeks and nights, and we lived like next to a freeway, so there's really nothing oh, to do except terrible. for like hang out. So on the last day, like everybody gets super wasted because like you just have so much pent-up aggression from working six-day nights and not being able to do anything that we all got super wasted. I remember just like sitting there with Sean and just like being like, Aaron Burr! Aaron Burr. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think he probably thought I was a creep at first, but then I, uh, anyway, now we're. That <laughs> yeah, was very yeah. persistent. Yeah, met him. Yeah, met him in Maryland, and dude lives down the street. It's really yeah. funny. Yeah, he lives in Sherman Oaks, so it's like wow. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, is it ever difficult working with family, or like in this case, you work with a lot of friends? Is it is it difficult because? I'm sure there's like a lot of stress and everything that happens when you're making a film or does it make it just that much easier? I think there's always stress, but like I definitely think it makes it that much easier because you can really run your friends and family into the ground a lot better, a little bit harder than strangers. (laughs) And it's not even that you're running them into the ground, it's that they offer to it because they're your friend and everyone believes in it the same way. Everyone's like, yeah, we're just hanging out with friends and family, just having a good time making something that we like as opposed to like. And also, it's easier because you know, you know what you can ask of somebody. If you're, if your friends or if your family or whatever, you kind of know what their limitations are. So you know what kind of questions and where you can push them in which ways. Um, you know, whereas if you're just working with somebody that you haven't really met before, uh, that can become a problem. But, you know, if you have like 20 years of experience with somebody, you know how they're going to react if you ask a certain thing. So it's like, uh, it it's helpful, I think. Yeah, I definitely think it's kind of on these really low budget movies, the only way to do it. If I did any of these with strangers, I never would have gotten past like the first two days. Yeah, no, because everybody would quit. Yeah, or like I would have <laughs> with them, like, God knows. <laughs> So if you ever got the opportunity to do like a big budget film, do you like would it be like crazy like what do I do with like all these millions of dollars or do you know exactly what you would do? There's definitely going to be an element of that. I'm sure it's going to be like a kid in a toy store at first, but then I'm going to have to definitely uh, rein myself in and be like, well, story is still the chief thing no matter how much money you have, which I think a lot of these big budget movies forget. these days are really forgetting is that like just a clearly defined simple story is what makes movies good and like I think they forget about that and like, ah, fuck it, let's just throw in another robot action sequence or something. <laughs> yeah, $20 million, let's do it. Well, they sort of they sort of focus more on what I've noticed, fantastical details, as opposed to focusing on the backbone of the story or just like the, the main nuts and bolts. So that sort of falls by the wayside. And then there's all these like pretty scenes, but they don't make any sense, you know, and it, you end up just getting bored. Yeah, I would just do things such as like, you know, pay everybody more so everybody's happy. <laughs> like, so then if everyone's happy, you just make a better movie, like... Oh, we have more time. That means we can spend more time on the script. Therefore, making a better movie. Yeah, more time yeah. in pre-production. It's like, oh, now we can hire better actors. We can hire better mm-hmm. this. Like that's where I would go with the money, as opposed to like, oh, we got an extra twenty. Let's just let's throw in a, a fight scene with the devil. I don't know why not. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> no, there, there was there was definitely some stuff I saw. I mean, I liked World's End enough, but it's like there's some stuff in that where I was like, oh, I wish you guys had half the budget on this. You definitely got mm-hmm. like, well, why not? Let's let's throw in some more shit. <laughs> And I, I don't want to get to that point. Is basically what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, did you? Uh, uh, this is a, a Claire question. Claire, do you want to ask the the kick-ass two question? 
Oh, yeah, I was just wondering, um, because of, um, I'm really looking forward to All Superheroes Must Die 2, or World Without Superheroes, and with the sort of, it's something that's been explored in films in the last few years, with things like Kick-Ass and Chronicle, the real-life superhero, and I was wondering if you'd seen Kick-Ass 2, and uh, what your thoughts were. I haven't seen Kick-Ass 2 yet, I I need need to to see see it. it. I need to see it specifically because I've heard it's not very good, but... I need to see it because I need to know what not to do in my sequel, more or less. <laughs> and that's definitely what I've been hearing. But also, it's like, I, I don't want to get accused of, like, copying something from Kick-Ass 2 because we got a lot of that from the first one. But, like, we made that movie before Kick-Ass even came out. Yeah. It was like, Kick-Ass came out right when we started shooting. And it was like, yeah. oh, oh wow. cool. Yeah. And then also, it's like, the marketing team, like, even used, like, the same type of font and, like, really wanted you to think it was Kick-Ass. I'm like, it's not Kick-Ass. Yeah, like, we were actually, we actually had powers. That was, it's totally different. It's more like a Batman <laughs> episode. Damn yeah. it, nobody got it. Yeah. And so that I was think fun. it had, um, I think it had something like, it was 89% on Rotten Tomatoes in the first week, and now it's 29. It was a really big drop-off, yeah. Oh, wow. that's, that's, that's intense. Yeah, no, I definitely have to see it, just for things. Such as that. I, I like to watch those kind of movies to see what went wrong and try not to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Like, if you ever taught film classes, I think it's really counterproductive to, like, show people the best movies ever made and be like, yeah, do this. I think it, like, makes people, like, afraid and, like, God, I can never do that. That's so. I'd rather study things that didn't work, like movies that had potential and totally failed and be like, okay, what went wrong? Like, learn more of, like, what not to do on movies, because then you don't get as much as, like, you're not as afraid of being like, oh, God, I can't do that. It's like, oh, I could do that. I could have fixed that. And it's also cool to see a progression. Yeah, the motivation. If it's, like, like Scorsese or Aronofsky or any of that. Yeah, watch their first movies. Don't watch the ones they got famous for, because that's just Mm -hmm. embarrassing. Or, or, you know, watch whatever their most famous film is, and then go back and watch those early films and be like, you know, you can do it. Also, has anybody watched Reservoir Dogs lately? That movie kind of sucks. Yeah. We didn't know that. Because like oh cool if you yeah. watch it like in comparison with Tarantino's later movies yeah. it's like holy yeah. crap what is this shit well no and you guys like I even watched I was like sitting on the couch like sick and I watched Fight Club recently <laughs> and it's super dated like I didn't realize because I haven't seen it for a long time but I was like whoa the nineties are in force man <laughs> like yeah. that's a time capsule that is the nineties yeah, movie it was so cool when I was in high school and now I'm like ah whoa weird. <laughs> <laughs> So when you guys are collaborating together on the making of costumes, how does that work? Well, basically, I say, Sarah, this is how much money we have. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Have a lot of money. How do we make something um, kind of like that if we don't have any money, yeah, which Jason, we don't? <laughs> Jason will give me, yeah, it's always the budgetary restrictions and whatnot, and then that sort of I, thing. I try um, to just give Sarah, like, one theme and just let her run with it. Yeah, like, I mean, in the FP, he, it was like, all right, she was like, let's do, what if we did the Civil War? And I was like, okay, the 245 is the North, and the 245 is the South. Go. Great, it's the South. Um, yeah, move. Yeah, so it's like he, you know, he'll write the script and what, you know, whatever it is. Uh, there's a budgetary restraint, obviously, and then... He will give me sort of a like a main idea or like a he'll give me like like the bigger picture of what he's looking for, and then I go in and take that and refine it and make it something um, cohesive and sort of interesting. I think, um, and then I'll come back with sketches or ideas, and we'll just you know we, it's like a it's a constant uh, conversation. Really, it's not just like one meeting where I'm like, look at this, this is cool, and he's like, yeah, I guess it's um, <laughs> it's it's definitely a bigger collaboration but what i what i do like is that it's it's focused on like the big picture first um because I'll, I'll have a lot of meetings with directors where they they tend again tend to focus on like 
irrelevant details over focusing on like the main um I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I know the directors do that type of stuff. Like, I remember I went and visited uh, Lucas on X-Men First Class when he was shooting that. And I remember they were, it would have been six hours in the day already, and they hadn't shot a single mm -hmm. frame yet because Matthew Vaughn didn't like a doorknob in the background. <laughs> Such bullshit. Wow. It's like, dude, out of your mind, fuck the doorknob. Let's talk about all the story problems. Let's fix that shit up and stop. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> like, but yeah, that's how some directors are, and it's really weird. I've never been that way. It's like, if there's some, even if there's something weird in like the background like that, it's like, well, you know what? We don't have the money for that. I get it. Let's just make sure the story works in the same. Yeah, and that's let's start that's, there, and then we'll if we have the extra time to make it look cooler, let's do that. That's a good point too. You really have to sort of pick your battles, and they better be important. So it's like you know, pick what it is that you think is important and focus on that because it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be as good as you want it to be, or even what it looks like in your head. You just have to kind of get. If and if you're a total perfectionist, stay the hell away yeah. from low budget filmmaking. Yeah. Or just filmmaking in general. You're like, yeah. it's not going to happen. Because you're going to get beat up until you start making $100 million movies, and then you get a whole new beat up that yeah. you're not going to get into with studios. <laughs> and so when you're uh, writing these scripts, how do you come up with this? Uh, they're basically all these places are like this whole other reality with the phrases that you use between the FP script and the wet and reckless script. I mean, I've got a whole new vocabulary. How do you come up with those? Reality. They're, they're, that, that is the trick. Like, they're, they're just different pockets of reality. Yeah. Like, the FP, like 80% of that dialogue is from direct lines that we've heard up in the FP, and I would just always jot them down. <laughs> like, that's real. There's the, Every like, small town in America, you can find a pocket of those kids yeah. that speak like that. Like, watch Breaking Bad. It's real. Yeah. Those meth kids, Breaking that's FP. Real. And, like, that's real. Like, we're, we started watching Breaking Bad, and, and we're so like, close to oh, home, shit, these guys nuts. really knew what they were talking about, because yeah. this is real. This is the FP yeah. for real. No, and a lot of like. <laughs> <laughs> We would we would like hang out in the FP and like go to parties, and a lot of those mind, lines are just modified from like stuff that guys would say to me at parties. Like I would get I would like we'd be drinking and I would go and like fish for stories from dudes at parties, and it was the funniest. <laughs> yeah, and same same deal with Wet and Reckless, where uh, like the main character, like basically uh, Lucas's character Toby Dollars, he's based. Like, I would say 80 to 90% of the dialogue in that script is directly pulled from mm -hmm. a friend of Lucas and I's. That this <laughs> is totally real. He acts just like that with the mood yep. swing. God. All those lines. Like, the movie happened because I lived on that guy's couch and he watched reality TV for 24 hours a day <laughs> and then would freak out and have mood swings like that. So it's like, like holy crap, I'm stealing you. <laughs> when... Like, Thing with all the, like the like stuff with the girl, I've heard people say all those things. Like the Lobo, like my character, like that's just a definitely a mix, a mishmash of lots of people that I know. And like it just, it, it, I don't know. I think I'm just better at or just good at stealing stuff. <laughs> in life, like well, I just have a, I have a good memory where I'll remember when somebody says something stupid, and then a lot of times <laughs> I'll go home and jot it down. City bank. Yeah. I don't know if I'm amazed by all this or scared. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, has. Has anyone from the FP that, like, isn't your friends, have they seen the FP and what where was their reaction? Like, are they offended? You know, here's the, the crazy thing. I just went up to Fiesta Days, which was, uh, you know, it's the white trash, like, town festival that happens once a year up there. And it's, like, the biggest thing that happens. And, like, you know, a thousand people show up or something. And uh, it's just, you know, white trash, just dirt fest with some carnival rides. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I like to stay around the beer tent. Oh, you get the stories. And that's where you get the stories. But this year I got a lot of people that I didn't even know that would come up. People that looked like they might as well be cast members on Breaking Bad being like, 
Man, I saw that, that dance movie. Fuck. <laughs> good, like, oh, good fucking job. Can I get a picture of you? Like, I was like, oh. So it's like, they, oh, I think, because like, I, th- I was, first we were shaky, like, are we going to get Ryan out of this town and everyone's going to hate us? But then, like, after, like, it came out on Netflix and everybody absorbed it up there, yeah. like, it's almost like we're town celebrities, like, when I went up there. Oh, it was no, really no, weird. No, it's crazy. I was just talking to our stepmom, and she's a teacher at the high school, and she was telling me that she's got, like, super street cred now because with all the kids, <laughs> like, the kids finally figured out. They finally put together this one last name. It's like, you realize there's nobody else on the mountain with our same last name, right? <laughs> <laughs> finally put it together that, like, we're related. And, um, apparently they're all, uh, they're all very interested in like Jason doing the FP and like my project runway stuff and whatever, but it's, uh, it's, it's funny. Yeah, we need to put a wet and reckless poster up in that classroom, get things moving up there. Yeah, yeah exactly. There <laughs> that's exactly where you need the poster. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. So, um, you know, now in the internet age, like it's easier to get feedback on age what you create. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It seems like there's a, a large sect of people that really don't get the humor in your movies. Do you find that that's true, like in your real life as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, I think that actually, oh, yeah. it's. I think just like on the internet, it's a good fifty-fifty in real life. It's just people won't tell me as much in real life because I think they're just, they're afraid. To well, they're actually, a little intimidated to talk to. Yeah, bigger people. And like they just never say it in real life. Like I'll get things all the time, like hate messages or whatever on things where it's like, yeah, I saw him at a party. I like want to. Sp- I want to spit on him or something, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like, dude, who the fuck are you? What did I even do to you? Like, yeah. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the internet is a hell of a thing. I like, I like to call them, uh, keyboard cowboys because, you know, when they're on the internet, like, oh, yeah, da 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 da. But then, like, you know, in real life, like, hey, man, I liked your movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny, but even on, um, even on the internets, as it were, um, if somebody says like somebody will say something negative about a film or whatever, and if like if I tweet back at them or if somebody if you call them out, eighty uh, percent of the time they will apologize. Yeah, I've been doing that. It's, it's been it's, fun. It's, it's a, so funny. It's, it's like, fun oh, to you do. Didn't, I've been pinpointing them. You didn't think them. that we're real people? Come on, stop it. Yeah, but all, it's it's a really weird thing too. It's like uh, there's a lot of hate for my stuff on the internet, but I think it's mainly because I think hate is always more vocal than like positive, because yeah. like something you go on and you're like fuck this stupid movie on twitter just not even thinking about it mm-hmm. but if you really liked it you kind of feel like oh that was cool i'm gonna go home and go to bed i'm happy like you really don't say much about it like in my experience i'll only like rate things or talk shit about something if i didn't like it so it's, it's hard to like realize how many people actually like your stuff and then like when i actually go out in public to things and it's like everyone's like oh yeah i loved your movie it's like oh really oh, somebody really? liked it somebody liked it oh <laughs> you're just a nice person you're positive so yeah. you don't go on the internet and oh got it <laughs> right you're not a keyboard cowboy um, so, I think it's uh, sorry, Dan. No, I think one yeah. of the things uh, we discussed when we did our review was, um, I think you said in an interview, Jason, that you'd always much rather do something that um, either people love or they absolutely hate, and not nothing in the middle. Um, and spending it, six months, or yeah, three years on something, and then just have somebody just be just like, like eh. and they forget yeah. it the next day. It's like that's terrible. Spend all that time. I mean, with meh. films, with films this year. Like, <laughs> I I kind of commented that um, this is definitely one of the, uh, Wet Records is definitely one of the most memorable films of the year so far for me. Oh, really? A lot of the yes. a lot of the films this year I've uh, I've just completely forgotten about. I feel, uh, feel, feel the, the same, same way. way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Oblivion. The exception is Oblivion. I think I loved. Uh, yeah, I mean, like what this year? Like uh, I think I already forgot World's End, and I saw it last night. 
Which <laughs> 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 is unfortunate. <laughs> I love Oblivion's Shaun of the Dead. the first one that comes to mind for me. Yeah, um... Mm, hmm. Yeah, what do I remember from this year? I had fun watching Star Trek in the theater. I had fun. Um, people hate it, but I had a good time watching it. Yeah, I thought I did. Um, <laughs> that's wow. what happens a lot now. Like people just hate movies so much that like I thought I enjoyed them, and yeah. then everyone hates it. So I'm like, oh, maybe I didn't, and I, I'll um, forget about it that way. It's weird. I liked Mud. I thought Mud was good. Let's see it. Um, God, what I liked I liked Pain and Gain, but that was oh, largely was, due to The Rock. Oh, so much fun! <laughs> I mean, anything that has The Rock in it. Yeah, anything that had time. The Rock this year, I pretty much remember. <laughs> so all ten films that came out the first half of the year, you know, that yeah. start The Rock. <laughs> I love. With Fast Six, it's really just, special it's really, yeah, my, just the, my heart. the Fast uh, franchise. These movies are absurd, and I love them. Like those <laughs> movies from here, like. If FP had a hundred million dollars, it would literally be the same film. Oh, Pacific Rim. The jokes Rim. would be the same. Yeah, Pacific Rim Pacific for me. Rim. That yeah, that was the movie of the summer for oh, me. Like man. that movie was hilarious, but awesome. <laughs> it was everything the eight-year-old of me wanted. Like, <laughs> like yeah, it, it was Godzilla. Like that would have like if yeah, if the FP had a hundred and ninety million dollars, it would have just been the Pacific Rim. Like we would have been fighting robots instead of yeah. dance dancing. The same jokes would have been there. The same like silly scientist that walks up and can't walk with no, his cane I mean, and has a goofy accent type like, stuff. Like, had, like, it's just checklist it was filmmaking. Like, it was great. Almost, like the same lines and the same like the same yeah. shit that was happening in the. Oh, you're up here working yeah. construction. Yeah, you gotta come back, Jatro. Where you been for fun? <laughs> yeah, we used to roll together back in the old days. Yeah, and Clifton Collins is even in it. That was great. I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I did. I I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, you, you can always find me in the drift. What does that even mean? I love I don't it. No, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but at least with them, like whether like you think the movie's cheesy or not, at least they went for something, and I remember yeah. it. That's like true. everybody else, it's always like they're so gun shy to actually try something and go for it. Yeah, I mean they definitely went for it pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's rocket propelled punch to a monster's face oh, from a robot. <laughs> Robot has a sword. They what? Hit, they hit, yeah, they they hit <laughs> monsters with a giant ship in their hand in a city street. Uh, the fact that Ron Perlman <laughs> cuts himself out at the end. Says, "Where are my just... goddamn shoes?" Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, everything I wanted. Yeah, that's what I wanted to happen in Reign of Fire with Matthew McConaughey, uh, yeah, but it never did. <laughs> anyway, we, so getting way off. No, we we love it. Like this is I'm. Dying here. I'm cracking up to just hear you guys talk. I just, I just want to listen to you guys forever. But I know that we don't have that much time left. Um, yeah, give us shit something. All day. We'll, yeah, it's, on the shit talk couch. So. Yeah. Is it an insult when you hear people compare the room and the FP together? Like, you know, I guess people think it's movies so bad that they're good. I, th- I think so, largely because the room was just a shitty movie. Yeah. We deliberately did what we did. Yeah. In the room, they didn't. He, right. he made a, what he thought was a great movie and turned out to be a piece of shit, which I guess maybe is the same for us because that's exactly what we well, did. But, but, yeah, but we made it on purpose and there was... There yeah, was we a, made it bad on purpose. Yeah, but not really... Not like bad, but like, you but, know, cheesy. Well, I don't think it's bad. It's it's just like, it's I just, think the premise is so crazy. The, yeah, we made a lost a movie that was basically a lost movie from the late 80s with the same dialogue would yeah. have had the same everything would have had to a T. But it's a joke. But the it's thing a joke. is it's yeah. a joke. The whole thing, well, and it was always a this joke. This is also why people don't understand Sarah and, us, Sarah and Bran and I as people sometimes because our main sense of humor is sarcasm. Yeah. And that's what that, that movie to me, if I could describe it in one word, is just sarcasm. 
It's just sarcastic. That's all yeah. the movie is. The whole movie is just being sarcastic to you. Yeah, the FP is solid sarcasm. Like, the, and a lot the movie's of kind of laughing really at you, which is like, and people it. don't really like that. And especially if people are that demographic that uh, live in the FP, they are. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Thing, there's really a lot of people like that'll be like, what the fuck? Just trying to be another dance movie. Fuck these stupid movies. Because they don't get the. <laughs> they think that it's serious. So yeah. in that way, like, I think we won even harder than the people who think it's funny. It's like, we actually took the joke so far that we convinced a large demographic <laughs> that it was a real movie. <laughs> Which I've actually, I've experienced with Wet and Reckless with about two people finally. I was waiting for like the hate like reviews to come out, and there's been like one or two of them where they actually like, what the hell? You just forgot how to make movies? Like forgot how to shoot them? And like the lav mics are like I obviously totally on their shirts and stuff. It's like yeah, no shit because we shot it to look just like a reality TV show, but they don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Did they also think it was based on a true story? Yeah, I, maybe, like, I so, like, I think they actually thought they were watching, like, a shitty reality TV show, and, like, yeah, this stupid vacation with Jatro. I don't even know why they filmed it. Yeah, it's an actor's vacation. It's, it's, just like, an act, it's like, oh, whoa. actually, I was like, awesome. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> we got him. Like, that, you know, the entire movie is is scripted. It was all planned. Like, the whole yeah, thing everyone that thinks, not... like, the whole thing is improv, it's like, that's at least 95% scripted. Yeah. If it was improv, nothing would ever happen. We didn't have the time. You have to script that shit. Otherwise, like, trying to make that stuff up on the fly and hoping it's going to work is the yeah. most stressful thing in the world. So, like, even in the, the full moon party scene, was that improvised? That, that, um, part of that... I would say about two and a half, or like 50% of that is in the five percentile that yeah. was improv. Gotcha. But, like, but even the script, it was like, you know, we go to the full moon party, we drink buckets, we say these lines, and like a lot of those lines that are in the full moon party are scripted, and then we just went there and shot the scenes, and then, we, and then like there would be like little like bullet points in the script during the montage, where it's like, you know, they go do this, they play with fire, they go do this with people, yeah. they do that, and then like we just go do it and wackiness would ensue, but... It's still, it was all organized. It's not like we we just went to the full moon party with no idea and like, God, I hope we get some good footage. (laughs) (laughs) Get drunk. Which also happened. The only, uh, the only (laughs) movie where that happened was the bitch hunter segment. Oh, that was so funny. House parties and get drunk and just like for the party montage stuff, just because I knew I needed it and like, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, in real Bitch life. Hunter is 100% Bitch, real. Bitch Hunter is real. A friend of ours, a friend of ours uh, couldn't find his girlfriend who suspected cheating. <laughs> then I'd been watching one of these uh, shows, Cheaters, I think it was. Yeah. And I was drunk enough to be like, well, let's go find him. Get that camera on. And then we went through the house party, and then we found her in a room with two guys. And I was like, oh, this is great. Here we go. <laughs> Suspicious <laughs> bitch. <laughs> We've been saying that around the house, like, so often. I should not be calling my wife a suspicious bitch all the time, but it's hilarious. <laughs> that no, came I just, from Sarah because like, Sarah I just, just said, said that. that when I was walking I was the room. Because like, I was drunk, and, and I just said that. Sarah was just, that, none of that was, was staged. Sarah was drunkenly just up there for some reason. <laughs> and then I go up there and see her, and she's like, yeah, we got a suspicious bitch. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Man, I hated that girl so much. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I, I watched, like, the, the unedited version of that, and I'm just, like, cracking up. Because you could totally tell that you're, like, not in your right mindset. Like, you've definitely <laughs> been drinking, and you're oh, laughing. and It was, like, easily 3 uh, in the morning or something. That no, was... we were, like, that was, like, peak drunkness for everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, what was um, the logistics of filming the the temple scene in Wet and Reckless? Like, like, because that was the hardest. That's the worst day of my part life. of the movie. <laughs> we got these ideas oh, where it's like, yeah, let's do, go in business suits because that's what they think tourists are because they watch a bunch of like Mission Impossible movies and stuff, and that's just who they are. Little do you know you're in an. Little oven. do you know you're in a hundred and ten degree heat with all the humidity is like a billion. 
and bricks. And it's like, you might as well be walking around a parking lot in suits. I've never been so hot before. I thought it was going to die. And they were in suits. Yeah, we can only shoot for like 20 minutes at a time before like, okay, we're starting to to black out. Let's go douse ourselves with water and try again in half an hour. So we just go run out there. Scout, in that entire scene, her dress is wet. Like, we had to wet down her whole dress so that she could even be in that scene because she was so hot. Yeah, we, we had definitely... That was day two in Thailand also. Yeah. It was like, we had to want it, and that was... Yeah, that pretty that broke us pretty early on. That was a tough one to do. Because <laughs> I wanted to do what I thought would be the hardest scene right out of the gate, but no. Jesus, that didn't didn't really help. <laughs> we're, we were not uh, prepared for that I mean, that, I, that, that is one of my favorite scenes in the movie now. Oh, it's, it's funny. It's really it's fun. It's funny, funny, but man... It, but, like, but we were just sitting there because Jason Lucas would take the camera, or I would go out with the camera with him or whatever, and so Scout and I were sitting outside of the temple, like, underneath a, like a shade thing, but there was... For whatever reason, there was no breeze. There was no wind. Yeah. We, we have to keep go and like we'd have to keep wetting down our clothes so any sort of breeze that there was would cool us down. My feet swelled up so that they looked they looked almost like little watermelons. They were like little. <laughs> oh man! And it was I was like ah something's wrong with me. Let's go. It was uh, yeah that was the one I think wow, that's the that one time so in the movie hard. where Lucas actually operated the camera like every yeah. scene, every shot in there that's just me Lucas was operating because Sarah and Scout were just like we can't go back out no it was uh, <laughs> it was t- I mean it's it's super funny now I mean yeah, it's yeah. funny as shit but like yeah I didn't even remember what man. we shot when we got home I was no, like was, I hope we got it I, it was I, like I, a, I guys no it was like a fog of heat stroke it was wow. You tough. can't drink enough water to, to keep it from sweating. It's like it sweats out of you instantly. Like if you put like water in a balloon that has a bunch of holes in it, yeah. it just starts spilling out. Like that's pretty much what it was like. <laughs> so as you're Where, running, whereabouts was the temple scene film? Sorry, Dad. No, that's fine. Please. <laughs> it's, in, it's in the old capital of Thailand called Ayutthaya, which is like an hour north of Bangkok. So oh, I guess yeah. from the train. I guess yeah, you take a train. Yeah, we got in the train then... for an hour and a half. Went up there, like yeah, this is gonna be a great day. But oh. the reason, yeah, the reason that we knew about it, and that's funny because that's kind of where uh, James Remar comes from, actually, because my dad, our dad, was filming uh, Mortal Kombat two, and we were in Thailand when I was like thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, and here, here's here's a little piece of uh, history. We sh- I, and I did this on purpose. We shot that temple scene at the opening, the first ten minutes of Mortal Kombat two. That's the exact temple that yeah, they shot at. Yeah, the same temple. So I did that for fun. Oh, nice. Um. Which that's how that's when we met. Yeah, James Remar was in that movie, and we used to like sit around and play Game Boy on that temple. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and bring right. back some Thailand memories. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And when you guys are like around Thailand, running around and doing all these crazy things, do you ever like think like, what the hell am I doing in life? Or were you guys <laughs> just having so much fun you weren't even thinking about that at all? <laughs> Definitely a what the hell am I doing in life, but probably not in a positive way. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, you know, and looking back at it, just watching, even just watching pieces, or Jason posted some pictures on Facebook the other day, and I was looking at them, and I was like, man, this looks like so much fun. I wish I could be there. And it's like, oh, wait, I was. But it's, you're you're working the whole time. It's like, it's hot, and there's so many obstacles, and it's so, it's a lot harder than you can even really describe. So it like I want to be able to go back and just have a vacation there because it's yeah, so you who, don't you it was don't, like a preview for a vacation. You for don't us. really have time to appreciate it, and because you can't appreciate it, it just becomes frustrating and even harder. It's to like do being in one of the do. worst prisons ever because you have to work, but you see paradise all around and you. You, have to, <laughs> you can't you can't play with it. Like, yeah, you, have to you can't like, touch it. It's like you're in this invisible like glass ball yeah. that's impenetrable, and you're just like looking at Thailand through it. You can't yeah. go out and hang out in it every day. You have to like work, and then it's oh, like oh, it's time so to go tough. home. And then, Shit. you know, and then the schedule sucked because Scout had to leave, like, halfway through when she wasn't supposed to. And so we had to, like, jam everything and, pa- oh, man. 
Uh, Thailand. Oh, it was tough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Thailand. <laughs> um, Claire, do you have uh, one more question that you'd like to ask the trusts? Um, sure. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> sorry. I uh, I had to find the list. Um, I wanted to know. This is a bit of a silly question. If because I'm as I've mentioned before, I'm really looking forward to a world without superheroes. Um. Oh. I can't wait. Um, and I wanted to know if you were going to get cast um, by the powers that be in any of the many, 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 many superhero films that seem to be being churned out, which superhero would you both like to play? Uh, I, for obvious reasons, I would be Cyclops, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could nail that. Oh, man, awesome. I've never even thought about that question. Cyclops all the way. I could wear sunglasses the whole movie. <laughs> Like you real. could uh, replace Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. <laughs> Nick Fury white again. That'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it back to the Hoff days. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, every I think every kid wants to be Batman when they grow up, but it's like that's kind of yeah. No, I mean, like it's funny. I haven't really thought about that, but immediately what comes to mind oddly is like Storm. I would love to be able to control the weather and fuck some shit up. Yeah, I always liked X Men. Oh, I want to be I want to be Cyclops from the comics, not the one in the movies that kind of just sits there looking like he has Down syndrome in the background. It's like stares. <laughs> yeah. Like Cyclops is supposed to be the leader of the group. He's supposed to be the guy that's like fuck you, Wolverine. I'll fuck you up, and he's like I'll fuck you up, and it's constantly like that. Like they're supposed to be just as tough as Wolverine. If not tougher, and like they never later. conveyed that. No, they had to yeah, put like no. four inch lifts in James Marsden's shoes just to make him as tall, almost as tall as Hugh Jackman. Like that's a problem. Well, don't go to Wiener Town to cast. Well, Brian Singer loved Wiener Town, so oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> awesome. Well, on that note, thank you guys so much <laughs> for for talking to us. Uh, I I think we could talk for like seven more hours if you let us, and I know you can't. So. Um, <laughs> Well, that's what Twitter's for, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. No. Thank you so much. We really appreciate um, your time. Did you guys want to um, like promote anything before we let you guys go? If anyone could go to Indiegogo and check out A World Without Superheroes, there's a lot of fun ways to uh, actually work on the movie. And uh, I think that's really fun. Like For the Indiegogos, what I don't like is like, oh, you get a t-shirt, or you get a that or this, which we, which you know, we, we do have that. But um, I like to actually give people perks where it's like, yeah, you like these movies and you want to work on a movie, like come actually be a part of it as opposed to just like, oh, I, th- I gave him 50 bucks like a year or two ago. I don't know. And I think it'd be way more fun to actually like have people like work on a movie that are excited about it and do this and that. Like I wish like back when I was in film school or like wanting to go to film school, I could just been like, oh, screw it. I can go work on a movie I really want to work on and get that credit and that experience instead of like being in a class full of assholes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Who I want to be Steven Spielberg. But that, that being said, uh, if, if you want to give us any any money, I promise you, <laughs> it's going to be just so much better than the first one. It's retarded. Like I, I love the idea for the second one so much, and I haven't really told anybody what it's about yet, but I'm keeping it under wraps for a minute. But uh, it's definitely going to be. It's kind of like Garden State meets First Blood. That's all I can say. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, and you can totally have Jason Trost in your non-pornographic movie as well as one of the... <laughs> true, I did put up that first. That, I should funny. put up a 10,001 for, like, you know, for pornographic only. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry, one more question. Sarah, did you have to film Jason's ass in the oh, Fuck yeah, I did. And oh, uh, his balls inside of that hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forget that one. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> 
Um, there's also like, oh, it's so funny. Yeah, and um, he's got a belt around his neck too, which is pretty impressive. That is, uh, it's, it's, that's that's from a real thing that happened. We walked in yeah. on a friend who uh, we Lucas and I had, we were drunk and we had to like go take a walk or something because some heavy shit was going down as it always does when you drink. And uh, <laughs> so then we came back and because we weren't paying enough attention to this kid who Toby Dollars is based on, he actually. He put he like staged a bunch of pills next to his head and put himself face down and like put a belt around his neck and just lied in the floor pretending like he tried to kill himself. <laughs> oh my god! This was almost a scene in Wet and Reckless. I'll save it for the sequel probably. And I was like, and I'm like what the fuck? And, and I like I'm like, dude, are you, are you doing? All right, I'm gonna start pumping your stomach. I'm calling. The, no, no, I only took like ten of them. You take ten because I'm calling. I'm calling the ambulance. No, it's more like four. All right, I'm pumping your stomach. Uh. I didn't, I didn't take any. And he starts crying, and I was like, oh, <laughs> God, I wish we were bros still. And it's like, what? Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> it's like you should film that guy, but then it would be so sad. <laughs> and, and I'm sure Lucas does a much better job than him, but oh, my God. Falls enough to make it funny, if we had the real guy, it would just be like no, the wrestler. No, too much. You wouldn't it be would, able to yeah, handle it. it yeah. No, it, uh... Oh, that's amazing. All right. Well, then, thanks again so much for talking to us. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, we have to hang up now, or I'm just going to keep asking questions, and we'll talk to you forever. So I apologize. Oh, I had one last thing to add as well. Sorry. Um, two friends of mine who live in Silver Lake um, have just fallen in love with the FP, and um, he in particular has said if you need any help with uh, anything, then well, yes, he's willing and he lives um, in Silver Lake, so not that far. Yeah. Well, um, send him our Twitter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're on we'll there. Do. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I'll have to get him on Twitter first, but yeah. I'm <laughs> you know, the, the Facebook fan page I have, I, I get a lot of emails through there. It's, it works. Cool. I'll let him know. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Nice thanks, to guys. Uh, meet you guys officially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again so much, um, for Jason and Sarah Tross, for being on with us. Um, we really appreciate it. Make sure you go to their Indiegogo for um, All Superheroes Must Die 2 or The World Without Superheroes. Check that Lots out. Cool perks there. Yes, uh, amazing perks. You can uh, have Jason Trost in your uh, film, uh, non-pornographic, and maybe wah, for more wah. money. <laughs> maybe for more money. <laughs> Pornographic, you never know. Uh, gotta make this film made, guys. Have you seen his hot bod? All right, that's all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. That's uh, uh, hours and hours of the broom, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, it is. Totes the broom. Um, yeah, and then also Wet and Reckless now um, on Vimeo. I think it's only like $5 or something. So if you oh, haven't yeah. seen it already, uh, dude, go see it. Uh, get yeah, it. So it's amazing. Uh, Claire, where can we find you on the internets? You can find me on Twitter at MayaFire and or else. And on Intro to X, a uh, X Files intro um, podcast, and that's with Tammy. Hey, and Tammy, uh, <laughs> where can there? You can find me with Claire on Intro to X. Uh, you can find me at yippodcast.com, and you can find me on Twitter at Tammy Yip. Awesome. And you can find me on the Twitters at DanLandZero. And uh, please, again, um, support Jason and Sarah Tross and everything that they do because um, they're awesome. And or thanks else. Again. Yes, or else. Claire will come to your house and punch you in the face, Daredevil style. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.